wish everyone happy Thanksgiving. Today, our message is Thanksgiving in the pandemic. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in this beautiful Sunday morning. We just ask, Lord, that you open our hearts, our minds, help all um, who are speaking or listening to just really listen to your word, applying to our life, and uh, just redirect our path this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. Uh, praying all this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We had just celebrated Thanksgiving this week in the midst of a global pandemic. After all that we have went through this year, were you in the mood to celebrate Thanksgiving? We had all experienced shelter in place, shortages of items, and restrictions from the pandemic. Some have experienced harder things, such as the loss of loved ones, sickness, financial hardships, and other difficulties this year not to mention sadness, fears, anxiety. However, let's remember the circumstances of the first Thanksgiving in America. About half of the 102 pilgrims who arrived had died. They endured a year of sickness and scarcity. Therefore, it's even more important that we give thanks to God during hard times for all the mercies he extended to us in this year of wrath, where we saw so many crises and disasters. Today we will be reading from the book of Habakkuk. In English, Habakkuk can be pronounced as Habakkuk or Habakkuk. So I want to know how it's pronounced in Hebrew, so I asked my Jewish tour guide. He said it is Habakkuk. So I think uh, some say it sounds like have a cook. So therefore, um, I'll pronounce Habakkuk as, uh, as this way because this seems to be more commonly used as I look uh, to see how other people pronounce it. So through Habakkuk today, we will be looking at three things that we can thank God for in the pandemic. Turn this on. So first is we need to thank God for answer prayers. And second is to thank God for his righteousness. And third is to thank God for his works. So number one is thank God for answer prayers. Habakkuk prophesied during the last kings of Judah, before the nation was destroyed by the Babylonians. The book will have been written after King Josiah, who was the last good king of Judah. His son Jehoahaz had reigned three months and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Pharaoh Necho imprisoned him and took him to Egypt and made Eliakim, who was the second son of Josiah king, and then changed his name to Jehoiakim. The change of name signifies that the king is under the control of the conquering king. So Jehoiakim reigned 11 years and did evil in the sight of the Lord from 2 Kings 23, 31 to 37. And Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiachin, ruled three months before being taken to exile by the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, 2 Kings 24, 8 to 16. Then his uncle, uh, Mataniah, who was the third son of Josiah, was made king by Nebuchadnezzar, who changed his name to Zedekiah. 
That's from 2 Kings 24, 17. It's interesting that both of the new names, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah, gave honor to the God of Israel. However, their deeds show that they were honoring God in name only. Zedekiah reigned nine years and rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem in 586 BC, ending the kingdom of Judah. During those dark days, Habakkuk cries out to the Lord for justice. Habakkuk complains to God about the gross violations of God's covenant law, the Torah, by the people of Judah. He seeks wickedness, destruction, violence, conflicts, contentions, and perverted justice in the society. Maybe today, a lot of people feel like Habakkuk. First, Habakkuk asks God, how long, O Lord, will I call for help? and you will not hear, Habakkuk 1-2-8. Have you been crying out to God this year? How long, oh Lord? How long must we endure this pandemic? How long must we wait for a cure? How long must we wait for things to get back to normal? And then second, Habakkuk asked God, why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Habakkuk 1-3-8. Have you been asking God a lot of whys this year? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to us? Why did this happen to me? The Lord answered Habakkuk's prayer. Look among the nations. Observe, be astonished, wonder, because I'm doing something in your days you would not believe if you were told. Now Habakkuk is asking God to clean up his society. Yet God's surprising answer is he's raising up the Chaldeans to do that work. And God even described the Chaldeans for Habakkuk. That fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. Habakkuk 1, 6-7. The Babylonians are so full of sinful pride that they see themselves as the source of their justice and authority. Do people today see justice and authority as originating from themselves or from God? How about you? Who is the source of justice and authority in your life? Do you submit to God's authority and the authorities he has instituted? God's answer to Habakkuk that the dreadful Chaldeans will be his instrument to judge the nation of Judah was not what Habakkuk liked or hoped for. Couldn't God do it another way? Couldn't God just change people's hearts to do what is right? Have God answered your prayers not according to what you expected or liked? Yet we need to thank God for answering our prayers, whether it's the way we like or not. Because his answer shows he truly cares about us and the condition that we're in. Amen. God is our Heavenly Father, and he loves us and wants to answer our prayers as he has shown to Habakkuk. God is pleased when our prayers, when our prayers, when we're seeking after his righteousness, when our hearts are tormented by the evils we see, and we demand justice from God. Yet God did not answer Habakkuk's why question, which is the age-old question. If God is good, then why is there evil in the world? Habakkuk could not believe that a pure and holy God will allow evil to exist. He says to God, your eyes are too pure to approve evil of evil, or look on wickedness with favor. And, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor, Habakkuk 
113a. Of course, God would never approve of evil or look on wickedness with favor. Yet God did not answer the why question. But then he, God tells Habakkuk what he's going to do about it. We may never get answers to some of our why questions in life. Yet God has never stopped telling us what he's going to do about it. He has told us that vengeance belongs to him and he will repay. God has told us he will one day defeat evil and make everything right. God has told us he's working to bring salvation to the whole world through us, the church, the body of Christ. God has told us he will be with us until the end of the ages. And do not fear because he is the good shepherd. God has told us he's working on all things for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. And yet how many times have God really answered our prayers this year? When we say answer prayers, we usually mean that God listened to our prayers. So how many times have God, have you prayed to, for God to protect you and your family and your relatives from the coronavirus this year? So maybe you have prayed every day for that, maybe even multiple times a day. And now, now then, how many times have God answered your prayers? How many times have God answered the prayers of the church body this year for healing, protection, and even salvation? And haven't God rescued us so many times from danger this year? Haven't he listened to our prayers to save us from the wildfires which threaten to engulf our homes here in the Bay Area? And how many times have God given you his word in response to your prayer? So in this season of Thanksgiving, we need to thank God for all the answered prayers. Amen. Second is to thank God for his righteousness. A.W. Tozer writes in the attributes of God. If you know God, you know he's absolutely and perfectly just. In looking this up very carefully in the scriptures, I find that justice is indistinguishable from righteousness. In the Old Testament, it's the same root word where variations according to the part of speech used. It means up, uprightness or rectitude. Justice is not something that God has. Justice is something that God is. God is love, and just as God is love, God is justice. God will always act justly, not by compulsion from the outside, but because that is the way he is himself. Justice must always prevail because God is sovereign, and God will always prevail. Habakkuk really questioned God's justice. He could not believe God would use a wicked people to judge a people more righteous than them. God, uh, Habakkuk feels so strongly that this just doesn't make sense, that he boldly challenges God and fearfully waited to see what God will say or do. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply. When I'm reproved, Habakkuk 2.1. Habakkuk fully expected God to rebuke him for his challenging question. He's just not sure how severe it will be. Again, God answered Habakkuk because of his bonus to come before him to risk the wrath of a holy God. Today, brothers and sisters, we can come boldly before God through the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed for us on the cross. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, is our high priest, and therefore we can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help 
in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 Have you approached God's throne of grace boldly to find grace to help you in your time of need? Have you even challenged God about what he's doing like Habakkuk? God wants us to have a close relationship with him. We should not stand far away and be afraid to draw near to God. To draw near to God means that you bring all of yourself to God, all your worries, all your fears, all your sorrows, all your complaints, as well as all your worship and thanksgiving. The name Habakkuk means embrace. You can say that Habakkuk embraced God by holding on to God in the midst of a society that had fallen away from God. And you can also say that Habakkuk wrestled with God in his embrace. He is not letting go of God until he gets an answer. Just as uh, Jacob wrestled with God and held on to him until he got a blessing. So God answered Habakkuk that justice will come to the wicked. Though he tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. Habakkuk 2.3b. Ultimately, God will make everything right. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, come down to earth for the second time to judge the world and establish his kingdom on earth. Do you have the patience then to wait for God's answer to your prayers? God tells Habakkuk, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Habakkuk 2.4. This principle has never changed. The righteous will live by his faith. The righteous are justified by faith. As New Testament believers, we're justified by grace, uh, by, uh, by grace through faith in the uh, by grace through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In the same way, the Israelites in the Old Testament are justified by their faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not by the laws that they kept or the sacrifices they offered. The Hebrew word for faith here in Habakkuk can mean both faith and faithfulness. Living by faith in God means that we live faithfully to God. The faithful one humbly trusts and obeys the Lord, which is the opposite of the proud one whose heart does not acknowledge God. Maybe you have prayed to God this year, Oh Lord, in, mer in wrath, remember mercy. We have truly seen God's wrath this year. We have seen the pandemic engulfing the whole world. We have seen wildfires caused by 12,000 lightning strikes over only four days, which caused 560 new fires. And it's interesting that Habakkuk 3.5 says in the KJV, before him went the pestilence and burning coals went forth at his feet. So the burning coals is the Hebrew word reshteth, which can mean flame, firebolt, and spark. Many translations translate this as fever because they connected it with pestilence. However, for us, whatever translation in the Bay Area this year, we have seen them all. We have seen pestilence, we have seen fever, we have seen flames, we have seen firebolt, lightning, we have seen spark, the displays of God's wrath. So should we thank God for his righteousness? Why should we thank God for his righteousness? Because we long for God's justice, right? We want to see evil punished and removed, right? So Habakkuk tells us that God is righteous and he will judge wickedness in his time. God sees everything, nothing escapes his sight. Even though it seems like sometimes God doesn't see or God doesn't care. But this year proves 
that God sees and God cares. Amen. We may not like what God is doing, but we can thank him that he has never changed. He's always righteous and just in all that he does. Therefore, we can thank God for his righteousness in this season of Thanksgiving. Amen. Number three is to thank God for his works. The Lord gave five woes to Babylon for their horrible sins, oppressing, robbing, and destroying other nations, using other nations for their own pleasures and worshiping their man-made idols. These woes are not just exclusive, exclusive to Babylon, but any nation who follows in the footsteps of Babylon should expect God's judgment as well. So God concludes in Habakkuk 2.20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. God is in control and sovereign over the whole earth to ultimately bring true peace to the whole world. God will prevail and triumph over the darkness and rebellion of the wicked against his holiness. Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. After Habakkuk heard God's, God answer him the second time, he responded in prayer. Habakkuk 3 2. Oh Lord, I have heard the report about you and I fear. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk recalls God's great work in the Exodus. Habakkuk 3.3, God comes from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens and the earth is full of his praise. Timon was a city in southern Edom and Mount Paran is a mountain that's opposite of Timon. So these places are all in modern day Jordan. God led the Israelites out of Egypt from the south through the desert road of modern-day Jordan. Habakkuk is asking God to revive his great work of the Exodus, which means to make it come back alive, to lead the Israelites on a second Exodus, not from Egypt this time, but from Babylon. He's looking forward to God's restoration after the judgment of Babylon. Today, we can thank God for the Exodus in the Old Testament, which delivered God's people from slavery in Egypt. But more importantly, we can give thanks for the greater exodus, the greater work of God on the cross almost 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day. So that through Christ, we can be rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's beloved Son, into God's marvelous light. We can give thanks for the work of God in us, that we can die to our old sinful self every day and live the new abundant life every day by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, amen? Think about the works of God in your life this year, the works of God in the church this year, the works of God in our nation, in the world this year, how God has turned our eyes away from all the allures of the Silicon Valley, Working, comparing uh, working the best companies, uh, comparing living the best neighborhoods, 
uh, comparing uh, making more money and, and comparing enjoying the best foods and entertainments of the Bay Area. All these things can be blessings from God, but they should not become our idols. God is turning away us away from the busyness, the successes, the riches, and the pleasures of the Silicon Valley to more important things like our family, our health, and seeking the forgiveness and favor of God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us have the faith of the Apostle Paul who said, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? So I see nakedness here as representing poverty, shame, and humiliation or pearl or sword. Romans 8, 35. Shall these things cause us to lose heart? Shall they cause us to lose faith in God's love and, and God's goodness? The Apostle Paul says, no, they should not. And brothers and sisters, let us have the faith of Habakkuk the prophet who said in Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. Though the fig tree should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail and the fields produce no food, Though the flocks should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk's faith is to look beyond the present troubles, to see the future glory and salvation of God. If you continue living by faith and remain faithful to the Lord, you will experience the last verse of the book of Habakkuk. In Habakkuk 3.19, it says, The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hind's feet and makes me walk on my high places. You will walk with the Lord in high places, filled with his joy and his power. Brothers and sisters, we can celebrate in this Thanksgiving season because our God reigns, and our hope and our joy is in him. Amen. And friends, do you want to experience a life full of hope no matter the circumstances? Then I invite you to come to receive the salvation of Jesus Christ during this season of Thanksgiving by believing Jesus Christ who died for your sins and for my sins on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead on the third day, ascended to heaven, and he's preparing a place for you and for me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that during this Thanksgiving season, in this year of the pandemic, that we just ask for your mercy and we just ask for your mercy to us and ask for your mercy to the world. And for all those who don't know you, we ask that they may come to you during this time to receive your son, Jesus Christ, as their uh, personal savior, turning from their sins to you, Lord. And we thank you and praise you for all your works in our lives this year. We uh, thank you for answering our prayers this year, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. And thank you for showing us your forgiveness and your righteousness uh, this year, Lord. And, and thank you for working in the world in, uh, to bring the salvation to the world and to the whole earth this year, Lord. We just thank you and we just praise you and, and thank you in the name of 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.